Please, thank you for adding that to our worship again. We uh, are grateful for that gift. Well, we are in week three of our series based on membership commitments. Um, commitments that we make as part of our membership vows when we join the United Methodist Church and where we commit to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. The first week we talked about our involvement in the church and in the lives of individuals through our prayers. We talked about prayer as ministry. Last week we talked about participation in the ministries of the church through our presence. Presence which includes faithfully attending worship and church activities, but also presence as a ministry. We talked about the ministry of presence in people's lives. Simply being with someone at a time it makes a difference and being a representative of Christ and His love. Today we look at the next, next one on the list of membership commitments, our gifts. Actually, it can be exciting to think about and talk about our gifts. Because in giving, there can be great thanksgiving, great joy, and great blessing. Periodically, Janet and I take a moment to celebrate that we're able to give. And how much we can give based on what we have been given, um, we do that throughout the year, but we always seem to have a moment at the end of the year when, when tax statements come out with statements of giving. It's a blessing for us to see on paper, here's how much we got to participate in the ministries of our church. Here's how much we got to support this mission or ministry. It's a blessing to our hearts. We love being able to give as a way to say thanks to God for the many ways God's blessed our lives. Before we read word for word some scripture verses this morning, I want to remind you of some of the teaching that's in the New Testament related to giving. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapters 8 and 9 are... Essentially, they're like a mini thesis about healthy giving. Let me walk through some of this stuff with you quickly. In 2 Corinthians 8, beginning at verse 1, Paul tells us that giving, specifically tithing to the Lord, is about the church or is church-centered. It's not about me. It's not about other charities. It's about the church and the way God connects us together as the church as we give, as we live, as we pray, as we serve, as we share. Verses 2 through 9 in that chapter, Paul writes that giving should be from the heart. A heart that is blessed by God already. Giving from the heart a response to God's blessing. Then he goes on in the next several verses and says that giving should be Proportionate to available funds, to available income. Giving should be proportionate. 
Then in chapter 9, still in 2 Corinthians, the first five verses, Paul says that giving is expected to bless others. To bless other people. And then immediately following that, he says, giving will also bless the giver. Some of you can bear witness to that. In 12 through 15 in chapter 9, Paul says, All giving, all giving should glorify God. Primary purpose, giving should glorify God. There are lots of good thoughts in these chapters. I would encourage you to go back and read chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians sometime soon and, and, and look at all that Paul has for us there. Now, Move on to a couple other scriptures that I do want to read word for word. First, in Romans 12, verse 1, Paul writes these words. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I believe all giving as a follower of Jesus Christ begins right here with these words that Paul writes. In giving ourselves to God as living sacrifices of gratitude for what God has done. Giving ourselves to God. It's the foundation of all other giving. If, of course, we want it to be God-honoring and God-glorifying Otherwise, we're only doing charity work. There's nothing wrong with doing charity work and supporting charities. Hear me, I have no problem with that. But I'm saying there is a difference between giving as worship and helping others through charitable giving of other kinds. Paul calls us to worship. This is truly the way to worship him, he writes. And then just a few verses later, in verse 8 of the same chapter, Paul continues, If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. This is about living out our faith in Christ through the gifts God gives us to serve in the body of Christ. We'll look more at that call to service next week. But for now, these verses just remind us that our giving is about much more than merely paying bills for the church. This is right in the middle of a passage where Paul talks about God giving gifts of the Spirit to the people of God who are called to do the work of God. Paul reminds us that where God calls us, God prepares and God equips and God gifts the people of God to do the work of God. And that it's all for God's glory and to reflect the love of God to those around us as we do it. Then from 2 Corinthians, I mentioned this earlier, these couple of verses. Let me read them word for word now. 2 Corinthians 8, verses 11 and 12. 
Paul says, give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Listen to that last sentence again. Give according to what you have, not what you don't have. This is biblical guidance about proportional giving, like tithing, where we commit to giving 10%. But did you hear the last phrase? Give according to what you have, not what you don't have. How many times when we think about giving, do we get caught in that trap of thinking, well, I don't really have all that much extra right now. I don't have all that much. I'm not sure if I can really give. Paul says what we don't have is not the issue. We're responsible before God for giving from what we do have. Do you remember the story in the, in the gospel? In this case, we'll read from the gospel of Mark, where Jesus lifted up the impoverished woman as she gave to God. Let's read that from Mark 12. This is 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Others gave from their excess. She gave out of her poverty all she had. Giving out of excess. In response to that kind of thinking, Mother Teresa said, if you give only what you don't need, isn't really giving. If you give only what you don't need, it isn't really giving. The woman in the story that Jesus lifted up gave far more than she could spare. And Jesus pointed out her, not the one who wrote the big check. C.S. Lewis is credited with this statement that challenges me. I do not believe you can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. The only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. That's what the woman in the story did. She sacrificed in order to give in a way that would honor and glorify God. I find it interesting that often in the scripture, the words sacrifice and offering come together. Old Testament sacrifices did mean offering something on the altar, but it was always something of value to the person making that offering a sacrifice. Never does scripture say offer to God our leftovers or something we don't need anymore. Our offering is not meant to be 
garage sale leftovers. But rather, our best offered to God. And that can mean sacrifice. Actually sacrificing something of value. Whether that's money, time, energy, gifts to be used as we live and serve God. Things of value. For us as individuals, as families, it's never about how much we help pay bills for the church. Yes, that has to happen. But that's very secondary. You'll be hearing more about some giving related to the church within the next, next few days. But understand, our giving is always about responding to God from a grateful heart. It isn't the only way to express our gratitude to God, but it certainly is a significant and important way. I can't imagine that any of us, <coughs> excuse me, could have a healthy, growing relationship with Christ that doesn't include giving. Because giving is one way we say, I love you. Often, when we're going to see our grandkids, my wife says, oh, I need to run to the store and get something for Nathan and Jaden. Or, hey, I got to run by the store real quick. I need to pick up something for Sadie and Bennett. Now, it's not because we have to do that. It's one way she wants to say to our grandkids, we love you and we're thrilled that you're in our lives. The same is true for our giving of gifts to our Lord and God. It's one way we say to God, we love you. We're thankful that you're in our lives and we are blessed because you are. Thank you, God. So why do we include gifts in a membership commitment along with prayers, presence, service and witness? Why can't we just say, hey, y'all know we've got, we've got expenses. Um, don't forget. That's not a way to express our ongoing commitment in following Christ faithfully. God has a better plan than to simply say, don't forget the bills. God wants the people of God to experience the blessing of giving from a grateful heart. And so those who created these membership vows decades and decades ago are acknowledging that is one part of all we have to commit to and to offer as we choose to become a part of the church. It's part of God's plan for our best, not just for the church, but for us individually and as families. That makes our gifts, along with the other parts of our membership vows, an important growth area and a place for us to develop in our personal discipleship of Jesus Christ. 
As we think about gifts, I do want to remind you your gifts make a difference, not only in your own spiritual growth, but in the growth of our church and its ministry to the community and the world. All of our regular ministries that have been a part of Georgetown First for years could not happen without your financial gifts, as well as the gifts of yourselves, your time and energy, your service. You'll hear more about service next week from Jeremy. But I want you to know that because you give generous financial gifts, we together get to participate in mission and ministry all over the world. Not just Georgetown, Scott County, Central Kentucky. We get to participate in ministry and mission all over the world through a connectional system as United Methodists who have an apportionment system set up to support and care for missions, missionaries, ministries around the world. We get to participate in far more than we could ever participate in personally ourselves. But you also help do ministry through special programs that are uniquely a part of this church. You help our, our church participate in the angel tree ministry that's coming up soon. In years past, you've helped the back to school bash take place. And it will again when things are slightly more normal. You've touched lives through that. You support the incredible ministry of City of Bethlehem, which can't happen this year, but it will. And you make a difference by helping that happen through giving your gifts, through giving your time and talents and energy. There's some level of connection with the Gathering Place mission downtown. Several people in our church are involved there with their time, and we support that. You support United Methodist Homes for Children with our regular fifth Sunday offering for them and maybe special gifts beyond. Some of you gave special, give special gifts to our Community Care Fund. Just this week, this past week, because of your generosity, we were able to help a lady and her children who had been living in her car. She was working two jobs, living in her car, and struggling. But she had found a place to live with some government subsidy involved and was anxious to get in there with her children, but needed a little boost from somebody who cared. We were able to help out to get her in that place, to share with her in the name of Jesus, and to remind her, she and her children are important. We got to do that because of your generosity to the Community Care Fund. Your gifts help lives be touched and make things happen. You're amazing in the way you serve and honor God. Many of you know the joy of giving as part of your own personal discipleship. Others around you need to hear your stories as an invitation for them to participate in fulfilling the vow of participating in the ministry of the church through our gifts. Thanks so much 
for your gifts, for your example of faithful discipleship, which we commit to when we take our membership vows. As we close today, please prayerfully consider how God can use you, your gifts and resources, but your giftedness to serve as well. God is faithful and will provide ways for us to participate in the work of God through our giving and our living. Let's choose to respond to God's faithfulness by living faithfully ourselves as we continue to participate in the ministries of the United Methodist Church by our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Would you pray with me? Lord, we are blessed so, so far beyond what we deserve. And in most cases, we're blessed beyond what we really need. You have allowed your goodness, your grace, your blessing to overflow on us. as expressions of your love and grace. And thanks seems so inadequate. Lord, help us to express our thanks through our living and our giving, to honor you, to glorify you, to reflect you in every place where we get the touch of life in the name of Jesus. You've loved us sacrificially. You've shared with us through the sacrifice of Christ. And you've given us a way to celebrate that. As we move toward that celebration at your table now, we do so with grateful hearts, with lives, resources, and love offered to you. And we do it in the name of Christ. Amen.